You are listening to episode 43 of Fearless Rebel Radio. And if you've ever felt stuck, so whether you are stuck trying to love your body, you are stuck with your issues with food, then you definitely want to listen to this episode because I'm talking to Maggie Quinn from Strong Body Whole Heart all about how to work through these emotional blocks that keep us stuck. Before we begin, I have a big announcement. I have a book coming out. It's a Kindle book, but that's still awesome. And I'm telling the world about it now. I don't have the exact release date yet, but I'm super, super excited about it. It's all, it's going to be all about body image and where our body image comes from, how and how to start to overcome the issues that you have to really embrace and accept who you are and feel comfortable in your own skin. So I'm pumped about it. It's going to be in uh, summer style for sure, <laughs> which will be great. So you are the first to know. Woohoo! Um, make sure that you are signed up for my weekly email updates. And you can get that at summerinanin.com forward slash freebies. And you'll be the first to know about it there as well. Once you do that, you'll get my free 10 day body confidence makeover as well as my other free ebook, 10 rules to break right now to love your body and an exclusive invite to my amazing private Facebook community, which is bumping um, so much amazing supportive women in there. If you are one of those women and you're listening to this, I love you. You're amazing. Thank you. And I'm so honored to be a part of your journey. All right. So let's rock and roll with this show. Do you know where you are? You're in Fearless Rebel Radio, baby. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a certified nutritional practitioner, diet rebel, and food lover on a mission to help you feel hot damn fearless in your body. Fearless Rebel Radio is here to empower you to defy the standards and break the rules in order to radiate confidence, relish in your uniqueness, and live life fearlessly on your own terms. Every episode, I will help you to do this by sharing practical advice, not-so-PG-rated rants, and interviews with Fearless Rebel guests. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fearless Rebel Radio. Today, I am talking to Maggie Quinn. Maggie Quinn is the co-owner of Strong Body Whole Heart, a whole body health coaching company. The mission of Strong Body Whole Heart is to help people transform from the inside out. Maggie is passionate about reaching out to help others feel inspired and supported. She is willing to reveal her own successes and struggles in life and endeavors each day to honor who she is in the present. Maggie is an integrative coach professional and holds multiple certifications in personal training, nutrition coaching, and triathlon and running coaching. You can learn more about Strong Body Whole Heart at strongbodywholeheart.com, which obviously we'll link to in the show notes and talk about later. But welcome to the show, Maggie. Thank you, Summer. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited too because, um, you know, you reached out just saying that we had similar, you know, we were sort of speaking similar language and talking to the same types of women. And after going through your stuff, I thought that um, you would just be an amazing guest to have on the show. And we're going to talk about so many beautiful and important things. So before we dig into that, I would love you to tell our listeners a little bit more about your story and how you got to where you are today. Perfect. Um, I would love to share that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to step back pretty young, um, into my childhood when, uh, I was around the age of four when I started to have a bad relationship with food. I had some incidents happen with relatives that, you know, I don't think there was, there was, they necessarily were coming at me with purpose for me to enter into a bad relationship with food. But the way that I digested and interpreted things that were being said about me and how I was eating, um, made me really fearful. 
And, you know, I took that with me into my childhood. And at about the age of 11, I started acting on my fear of food and um, ended up having an eating disorder for a long time off and on in my life. I would say from the age of 11 to about 38, um, off and on whenever things would become extremely stressful or I didn't know how to cope, that was my coping mechanism to go to. Um, you know, and for me, it, 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 I can see because of what I went through, I would go through these periods where, you know, it, the eating disorder would be active in my life and decisions that were being made were just such a mess on one hand and I felt out of control. Um, and then it would quiet down and I would have years where I'd really be able to dig into learning more about myself and what I wanted to do. And I studied psychology and then, you know, started, was married and started having kids and ended up getting really passionate about fitness and in the fitness world, which can be a bad combination um, yes. with, eating, with eating disorders, as I, I learned the hard way. Um, but really, really, you know, loved being a trainer, loved teaching classes, just loved um, being in tune with my body on that level. Um, and I was able to recover during that portion, um, when I was doing a lot of, of training and focusing on that, I, I went through recovery and was able to really recover on one hand through my eating disorder. But then I knew that there was the other piece of it, the other side of it, which was the internal stuff that was going on, which was the deep, ugly, toxic stuff that, um, you know, the, the tapes that were playing in my head, the feelings that I had about myself. And, in my training, I would see the same thing with women that I worked with, you know, that the default way of them responding and acting was always on this negative level. Like they could never own, you know, they're good. They could never own the fact that they, you know, were strong and powerful and beautiful no matter what. So I really started digging into this whole idea of you know, how can we learn to love and accept all of who we are? And I don't mean when you're 10 pounds lighter or, you know, you're wearing this size or what, but like right now in the moment. And I, and with that being said, um, I was turned on, um, someone turned me on to a book, real easy read, called The Right Questions by Debbie Ford, and read her book, loved it. It was, it was about how you make choices and how your choices affect, you know, the outcome of what you get, obviously, and that every choice is important. There's not a choice that isn't more important than the other. But in reading her book, I just really fell in love with her way of seeing things and looking at things. And she ended up, um, she was going to be in town a couple months later or close by doing a weekend workshop called the shadow experience. And I decided to sign up and go. And it was really life changing for me. And it was at that moment after that workshop that I knew that I needed to do this work, that I needed to work with her and become certified um, as an integrative coach and to share this work with the world. So that's really where it ended up, how it ended up here. You know, it was with my training that I started uh, my own company and then my business partner and I decided to come together podcasting and decided to bring our, our coaching training companies together. And from there, I really got into the transformational coaching as my, my first passion. I still do some training with people as well. Um, physical training, but my my main passion is the transformational coaching. And so before, I'm going to go back to some of the pieces of your story because um, there was so much good stuff in there. But uh, before we do that, can you just talk a little bit about how you do help women? Like what does that mean to be a transformational coach? Yes, definitely. So the type of coaching that I do is I take women from where they're standing in the present. And I help them to create vision of where they want to be. And I support them on breaking down any blocks and barriers that they may have to get there. So, so, mu so much of us, so many of us, like don't even 
think that we're allowed to vision or to have a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we think within our circumstances of life. We think within, you know, what we're born into. Um, but we have these boundaries set for ourselves. And so I help women to think bigger, that, that there doesn't have to be a boundary, that we live in a world of possibility. And it's about asking the right questions and really thinking outside of the box in order for us to grow and expand and to really take steps in living life how we want to live. I believe wholeheartedly that we are put on this earth with a purpose and that we have a gift and that we should be living in joy and passion. And there's so many people out there that aren't doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, and, and they don't give themselves permission to to have it either. I mean, there's such a feeling that they don't deserve it, which I'm sure is something that you you run into a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I find like if you want to connect that with the eating disorders, I find that that's just the whole body image is like a huge piece of it, a huge piece of it for women, you know, that they punish themselves, you mm-hmm. know, continually um, with the negative banter that goes on in their head or the idea that they're not good enough or not worthy enough. So what I do with that is I then will help them to figure out what what those words are. What are the qualities that they feel about themselves? What are the words that trigger them? What are the things that you don't want anybody to know about? And what would be the worst thing that someone could call you? And then we look at, you know, if someone, for example, is saying that, well, I can tell you mine. Well, a big one for me was I'm unlovable. So I really, in doing the coaching that I do, what I would do is I would take that, look at it, and help the individual take I'm unlovable back in their lives. And so for me, taking it back to that point where I remember standing over my relatives who were talking about how I was eating and how I made meaning out of that situation. I made that mean that something was wrong with me, right? Mm -hmm. Where their intention might not have been to have me be affected by it at all. But they this is just the situation. This is how I looked at it as a little girl. So I, I take people back into that state of, okay, where did unlovable develop? Let's look at this. And basically, my belief is that when we feel those things, when we feel like I'm unlovable or I'm unworthy, we don't want other people to know that. Uh, you know, I'm not going to walk around and say to everybody, I'm unlovable. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's something that we push under the rug, we hide it in a closet. We don't want people to see this part of us. It becomes shame. And there we we create ways to keep ourselves safe. And keeping ourselves safe might mean um, doing an action or making decisions a certain way so people don't find out about the I'm unlovable piece. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. It's and I think that that's why a lot of women turn it on to their, you know, they turn it on to their bodies as well. You know, like they they create the the issues with their body and the issues with food as 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 like almost like that that shield or like that way to sort of protect them from what's really happening. Does that is that Yeah. That's yeah. absolutely true. Absolutely true. Yeah, that's so, um, I, th- I just feel like so many people listening there right now can probably relate to, to that. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, like how, so let's, let's kind of just roll with that for a bit. I mean, you're talking about how, you know, you had shame with, with feeling unlovable. And so how did you start to, to, you know, break down those barriers and move through that to, to be able to just, you know, move forward? And, and start to feel like you were worthy or that you are worthy. So it's it, it was a process of me looking at this piece of myself and looking at, you know, how, what unlovable had created in my life. How unlovable created me marrying someone that I didn't really truly love and having to go through a divorce. Unlovable created when I was really deep down, stressed out, and not knowing how to handle myself, I would turn to my eating disorder and it would be almost like a punishment. You know, so um, what I had to do was I had to look at 
where unlovable came from. Like, how was this formed in my life? How, how, when else have I felt unlovable? And really take it back and dig into that and look at how I protected myself through it and how I hid it. And then I have to come to a place of acceptance. And through that place of acceptance, I might go through some anger. I might go through some grief. I might, you know, need to scream. of accepting that piece of me, accepting the fact that unlovable created these certain outcomes, Mm -hmm. right? And then I have to forgive myself and love myself for it and go through the process of, you know, accepting and surrendering and then turning it over and forgiving myself because in not doing that, we're walking around with shame and guilt, which zaps our energy it doesn't bring us anything positive and it doesn't allow us to truly live authentically so it's really a process of looking at it opening up to it digging into it if you need to feel around whatever the trigger is for you and then being able to accept and forgive yourself and then you can really replace it when you can take the trigger off of unlovable Like, seriously, I tell people all the time, call me whatever you want. You can call me a bitch, call me a slut, call me, you know, what doesn't affect me Mm -hmm. because I have been able to accept those pieces of me and I can see where bitch has served me. I can see where um, being, you know, a liar has served me on one level, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's accepting the humanness and all of who we are. Um, that really allows us to step into being authentic and to release some of the bonds that we have that keep us trapped. It allows you to drop some of those heavy chains off that we can walk around with. Yeah, and I think this goes back to, you know, I th- we know if we talk about authenticity or self-love, which are very much like, you know, intertwined, um, there's this idea that you know, loving yourself means every part of you has to be good, you know, that you have to love every single part of yourself. And I think what I hear, you know, what I sort of hear from you is that that's not true. It's, it's accepting and, you know, appreciating and, you know, and embracing the, you know, the, the dark pieces as well. Absolutely. Because to know one, you have to know the other. And everybody has their story. Everybody has made skilled choices and unskilled choices. And so it's about loving all of who you are that's really going to create, like you're saying, that authentic self. And it's really going to allow you to dig into more self-love, more self-confidence. And when we do that, that's when we can start the visioning and start the dreaming and start the the idea that I deserve and then yes, yes, I can do this and I can have this and I deserve this and really acknowledge all of our greatness. You know, I, I say to clients sometimes, you know, people think of anger, let's say, as a bad emotion or something that shouldn't be felt or if I'm screaming about this or, but, you know, it has a purpose. And so if we look at it from a different perspective, you know, if we have to go through anger or grief, instead of being like, oh my gosh, I hate this, this is terrible, if we can look at it from a different perspective and just allow ourselves the opportunity to feel what we need to feel, it opens up more space and it, it's, it builds self-love because we're, we're being true to ourselves. Yeah, I think that so often we allow our emotions to stew inside of us. It's it's something I really I see I see a lot with the women that I work with um is that they don't have uh, an outlet. Like they don't allow their emotions to come to come up and be and be released. And so often, you know, they're using their their coping mechanisms which in with a lot with the women I work with is, you know, the issues around food and whatnot. Um, to, 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 to manage the emotions instead of just letting the stuff out. And one of the things I always say is I'm like, just have a big, ugly cry, like just let it out, you know, whatever it is you're feeling when you're feeling it. Like there's a reason why we're built to feel, um, you know, happiness, but conversely, there's a reason why we're, we're built to, to cry and to feel the, the negative emotions too. 
I love that. I love the big ugly cry. I love that. That's great. And I, I say the same thing with my clients too. It's like embrace it. Like embrace the fact that you're going to release this and then you're going to have space for something else to move in. You know, if you're holding on to it, you're, it's taking up space and it's just turning into toxicity. You know, so when you can release it and, and be like, okay, here it comes, big ugly cry, I'm going to do it. You know, then it's like this whole whole just is a feeling you know how it feels after you're done it's mm-hmm. just that feeling of surrender and peace and like taking a deep breath in and it's nurturing and it's like you're feeling something that just is creating something better mm-hmm. like when you can release the toxicity that it's it's creating a space for something new to come in and so how do you allow that new stuff in? You know, like, wh- how, how does somebody go about doing that? Because, you know, from, uh, it, from like a practical perspective, you know, where, where, where would be the next logical place to go? I think it, it, it can come back to, you know, for my clients, what I'm speaking into as far as vision goes. Mm-hmm. You know, that in order to make the steps forward and to take action to working, you know, and working towards where you say you really want to go, you need to allow some of the toxicity out and make room for you to then go, okay, you know what, I'm really strong. I just went through this big ugly cry and, you know, it didn't feel good, but look at me now. I feel so much better and, you know, let's, let's revisit vision and let's look at what do I need to do right now to take a small step towards that. You know, how can I continue to heal through what I'm feeling and keep taking steps forward? You know, I think it's really empowering in general. Women can just allow themselves to, like you said, people stuff their emotions. So just to allow themselves to feel it, it just, it just, I don't know, there's a sense of self-confidence that I believe just rises. And that's what you want to hold on to is you're holding on to that self-confidence because when you can truly be raw and authentic and allow yourself to feel what you need to feel, you're loving yourself more and you're making yourself matter. And so with every little choice that we make along those lines, that is just going to keep the passion for what you really want to do and how you really want to live going. And with each step, it's like a practice of, yes, I want to be here. Yes, I want to feel this. Yes, I I want to have more self-confidence. And so you continue to make the choices that help you to align with where you say you want to go. Yeah. So for people who are listening, who are, you know, like I'm, I'm trying so hard to, you know, to make these changes in my life or move in a certain direction, but I'm just feeling really stuck. A lot of times it's coming back to like this, like this toxicity that's just, that's, you know, stagnant, we'll call it, Um, Mm -hmm. that's kicking around, that's, that could be leading to a lot of the self-sabotage, I think, that a lot of pe- women characterize themselves as. Like, they'll say, well, I'm a sabotager. Or, you know, anytime I, f- I feel like I should be doing something for myself, I, I sabotage it. And, um, you know, I, it's we don't need self-discipline. Like, that's for sure. That's not the issue. It's, it's more like, okay, let's look at, like, the real reasons of why that's going on in the first place. And a lot of times it's because there is, like, this built-up, toxicity from these beliefs that we have. Yeah, and I think this is where, and what I call them as underlying commitments, I think this is where with that comes in how we protect ourselves. So I'll give you another example that might make it easier. Um, So let's say someone's someone's belief in themselves is that they're stupid. Um, You know, so they have something happen to them in school and they feel like they're stupid and so how do they protect themselves from that they make this commitment to themselves because they don't want to be seen as being stupid that they're not going to raise their hand in school they're not going to be called on they don't want to read out loud they want to stay quiet they want to be in the back of the room they don't want to be noticed that way and so you know throughout life they can carry this with them although this had to do with school and everything else you know, we forget about those commitments we make and then we move on and it stays with us in adulthood. And so my belief is a lot of times with that, like you're saying, the toxic energy, also there's some most likely a commitment, what I call an underlying commitment, um, that has been made um, because of some of the limiting beliefs that we feel mm-hmm. about ourselves. 
Oh, that makes so much sense. And it's, it is, I mean, if we can kind of see it as like, uh, it's a protection as opposed to something that we want to, you know, silence or get angry at, I think that's a, that's a, it's a really positive, it's a better, it's a healthier way of looking at it because then we can be more forgiving and compassionate towards, towards those pieces, those, those underlying commitments that we've made. Exactly. And that's why I like to take my clients back as far as they can remember certain things and certain feelings because that's typically where those commitments are made. And you have to understand when you're looking at a four-year-old versus a 40-year-old, you know, we digest things differently, right? We make meaning out of things in a different way, our experiences. So, you know, you, I, I created unlovable from this four-year-old perspective and I look at it now, it's like, well, that makes no sense. Yeah, I'm lovable. I'm completely lovable, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I needed to really own and look at, like you're saying, that whole process. And it can be a positive one because you're right. It, it allows you to walk away feeling more compassion for yourself. And, and not only that, but compassion for others as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. I feel like one of the you know destructive patterns that I'm seeing with a lot of women is busyness. You know, like they, so we're talking about obviously like, you know, if a woman has a vision, she wants to move herself forward, but then she gets stuck in, in busyness, you know, but busyness is often just another way to cope and remain disconnected from like from emotions and happiness. Do you, are you seeing that a lot? Like, is that something that you, you know, that you, that you're noticing with, with some of the women that you work with? Uh, yes, I. That is like a number one top excuse I I do hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting with the the people that I coach one on one. They that doesn't stick. That doesn't stick with them with the work that I do with them very very far because I'm like bulldog when it comes to. Okay, every week they're setting, you know, steps to move forward. So it's setting a goal, it's taking action, and we go back into, okay, well, if you didn't take the action, then let's look at what, what, what is your block? And then we have to go back and dig again. So I find that, you know, everyone has their, their stuff. But with, with the one-on-one um, people that I coach, time is, actually has not been a huge excuse. I will say... With the, we have a group coaching component as well, and I will say that that definitely because I think they're, um, they're we're not holding them. We hold them accountable, but it's in a very different way than when you're one-on-one coaching mm-hmm. with someone, as I'm sure you know. So I find that that definitely comes out. Or if I if I'm speaking to a group, that that would be the top excuse. And that's a hard thing for people, I think, to to accept sometimes and look at and I'll tell you what I'm referring to too because this this is something that I don't know if it will offend certain people or you know I know it's sensitive but I talked to you a little bit about how I believe you can fully recover from eating disorders Mm -hmm. and that was a question I used to get a lot like well I was told that you really never can fully recover that you're always going to have yeah, I'm not saying that I don't think about it. It was a trauma trauma in my life. And so there's there's times when, you know, I remember certain incidences or more than just the eating disorder, I, I think about how I've had to heal with my, my kids and my family and the effects that it had um, with them. But what really hit me, which was not going through treatment and the therapy that I got there, but what really hit me in doing this work that I do was that I was using it as a way to sidestep responsibility. Mm-hmm. I was using it as a way to get out of what I needed to do because I didn't want to face it. I was using it as an excuse. And that was like my aha moment mm-hmm. when I was, I, I had to admit to myself, you're full of shit. You know, you're, you're full of shit. Like wake up and, you know, sign, do the things that you signed up for and be responsible um, with your kids, be responsible with your, you know, whatever else I had on my plate. That was really big for me. And when I was able to accept that, instead of using it as the idea that this disease is always going to just hold me down, or this has to do with the fact that I get depressed sometimes, or this or that, I was like, uh-uh, you are not going there at all. 
and it, it was it was big for me and it was a little bit painful and I know that um, some people might not like to hear that but that's how I was able to fully recover through it it was a wake-up call to me it was a call to action and it was a call to how long do you want to go on using this or when are you gonna let this one go and just really look at it for what it is yeah and I you know I like I never had like a, a diagnosed eating disorder or anything like that um, but uh, I can def- I can certainly relate to that from like a you know a body image perspective and just you know some of the destructive patterns that I had in that, um, you know just waiting on until my body was a certain way you know like it was mm-hmm. that was just my way of escaping emotions and really looking at life and and saying to myself like what what is it that I'm truly happy about here and not happy about. Um, it was just kind of, I was just trapped in this cycle in order to really, um, prevent myself from kind of just facing some of the demons that I just didn't want to face. Cause like nobody wants to face emotional discomfort. It's so much easier to stay trapped in, in the cycle. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I think that if you take that risk and once you do with, and I think support is a great thing to have. You know, I think everybody needs to have support in going through this. But once you're able to start to look at, you know, what you're calling demons um, and be able to release it, it, to me, it's like if there's something going on that needs to be worked on, I, I'm to the point where I invite it and I invite to feel it. I invite it in. I want to, I want to, you know, put it out on the table and I want to work through it as soon as possible. Because once you start living on that other side where you see how powerful vision is and you see how powerful your life can be when you are stepping into something, you know, more authentic and that you are truly loving yourself, you don't want to be on the other side too much. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying I don't have a pity party every once in a while, but my pity parties are pretty short. You know, it's not like an all-day thing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's you know, an hour, and I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel good. I don't want to be here. So it's about shifting the perspective. But then with that, also, when I really tru- truly am having deep emotions that need to be worked on, again, allowing myself the time and the space to be okay with feeling all of those things because it does bring you back up to that other side. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. I, uh, you know, I feel the same way. I don't, in my own personal experience, I just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm quick to, to say, to notice any old patterns or thoughts surfacing and say, nope, this is not how we do things anymore. And I'm quick to notice like other layers that come to the surface throughout that process. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's just been, you know, like the, me using work or any of those things to just be an, another way for me to kind of uh, cope with stuff instead of just looking at like, okay, what was the real issue here? And let's just dig into that and move forward. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. And it's, it's amazing. Like you're talking about the layers because it's what I have, what I know is that it's constant work. I'm sure you can agree with this, but my own personal growth and expansion, it's an everyday, everyday thing. And that's why I'm so big on quest like every choice matters and then asking powerful questions, you know, because every choice we make is going to take us to one place or another, not judging them as right or wrong, but it's about how you want to feel mm-hmm. and how you want, what your being is, how you want to show up. Um, so it's, you know, for me, it's a process of, you know, every day working on the tools and like you're saying, if something happens to pop up, then okay, let's look at it. And when you're willing to stop and when you have the tools and strategies and the support to do that, it's amazing how you can, you can break things down and understand where these feelings are, are coming from and, you can then realize, okay, this is why, this is where I felt this before, and this is why I'm feeling this, and I can, I understand it, and I can release this and move on a lot quicker. Yeah, and I love to do that stuff with an attitude of curiosity, because I feel like that's, you know, if we can just approach it in a little bit more of a curious way to to be able to explore it without 
um, without it being like work or without it being like so heavy and judgmental, I feel like that, that, that really helps me at least. Like, I'm just curious with stuff. I'm like, Hmm, I wonder why I reacted in that way. Or I wonder why I held back in this, in this arena, you know? And then, and then I, and then I go, go about it through that way. But it's, it's always through the lens of curiosity and I try to be really playful with it. And that's something I encourage, you know, my clients to do as well. I love that. I love that. I think that's great. Looking at it through the lens of curiosity. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, authentic authenticity, because that's something, you know, that's a word that you've been using. And that is a word that I use myself. You know, what does it really mean to be authentic? Well, in, in my my definition in my mind how I see it is it goes back to again really accepting all of who you are and not feeling like you have to change anything about yourself or hide anything about yourself to appease others Um, it's about loving yourself and really I believe that in order to truly love ourselves totally you know a lot of times I describe it sometimes with clients is you know some of them have like this this gap inside of them or this hole or something that you know they feel is empty and so it's about filling that up with their own love and feeling whole and again I just I really strongly believe that it's about self-acceptance and coming into a place of if they need to do forgiveness work with themselves doing that, but loving all their darkness and not making it bad or wrong, but it's just a piece of their journey of who they are. Without my eating disorder, I wouldn't be right here right now with you. You know, without my eating disorder, I wouldn't be helping other women that have body image issues and, you know, have struggled with eating disorders. So, you know, I embrace that piece I embrace that piece of myself and I can pull the gifts from it. I can pull, you know, the lessons that I've learned. I can use it as knowledge for choice making moving forward. So I think when we can accept all of us and really respect ourselves for that, it allows us to have the courage and confidence to stand in a place where we can truly be real being authentic, like really thinking about what it is we want and then doing it. And I, you know, I love how you said it's about, you know, not feeling you have to hide or change who you are to appease others. But through that process, you know, we do risk losing connections with certain people who perhaps we haven't, you know, it hasn't been an authentic connection in, in the first place, or we risk perhaps you know, sharing our voice that we have, we've felt, um, to, uh, criti- uh, um, we, we've lacked the confidence to share before. Uh, and so people may be taken off guard by that. You know, how do you help women to really just express themselves and share their voice and really let go of that tendency to want to, to please everybody else? There's this great quote, and I'm trying to remember it, but it talks about, I I believe it's Debbie Ford, and it talks about how, you know, that you could stand in front of a room full of people and be speaking, and 99% of them wouldn't agree with you, and you wouldn't care. Um, So that just came to me when you were saying that. Mm -hmm. So how, how do I, what do I suggest to women about about um, using their authentic voice and not worrying about what others are thinking of them. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a definite practice, and I think it comes. You know, when we can make choices and we when we can stand in our power, the more we do it the more empowering we feel, the better it feels, the stronger we become. And I think it allows us the courage to continue to speak our truth. And I also, you know, talk to, talk to people about cleanup. 
know, as we're evolving and changing and expanding, there are certain things we need to let go of. Like if you think about spring cleaning or looking in your own clothes, hey, you know, someone, okay, with me, with my eating disorder, I just moved into a new house a few weeks ago. And so a few months ago, I started the process of doing a a cleanse, like a detox of clothing, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I, I found some things in my closet that I'm like, I will never wear these again. Like, why are they even here that I've forgotten about? Things that were way too small for me. You know, that in my my day of eating disorder, I I would fit into. And to me, it was it was just ridiculous. So letting that kind of stuff go, letting go of things that aren't aren't feeling good to you or don't really align with where you're at in your life. And that includes people. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know, it's it's about it's about your space. It's about material things, but it's also about who you want to be with. Who do you want to align your energy with? And I know for me, you know, I have a very small group of of close friends, but the but the people that I align myself with, the community, um, the people that I like to connect with, like you, it's like you have that same that same passion, that same confidence, that same um, knowledge of self-love and healing that you've been through. Um, and I, I had to let go of some people in my life when I was going through my healing process and when I was going through you know different layers, realizing that certain people were not serving me. And it's very challenging for me now, and sometimes we have to do it, whether it's at work or whether we're standing in line, and this is where compassion comes in, but when someone is looking through what's wrong lenses versus what's right lenses, sometimes it can be challenging for me to to listen, and I I don't like to engage in that. So again, it's, it's having to look at what I need to shift for myself, what's going to empower me. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It totally does. And uh, there's uh, this just came to me, but I know in one of um, Brene Brown's books, she talks about how she has a piece of paper in her wallet with the names of the people's opinions she genuinely cares about. And I think it only has like two or three people's names on it. And so anytime she's feeling like, you know, she's faced with criticism or faced with, um, you know, the tendency to want to please everybody else, she refers back to that little piece of paper with like, all right, here are the people who truly love me. And these are the only people's opinions that I care about. I love, (laughs) yeah, I love that. And, and that's the thing too. I tell my clients this, you know, there's always going to be someone who disagrees with me. There's always going to be someone who loves me and someone who hates me, someone who aligns with what I do and someone who doesn't. And I'm okay with that. I'm absolutely okay with that. Yeah, it took me a long time to be like, all right, I'd rather be somebody's cotton candy ice cream than everybody's vanilla. So <laughs> that's how I phrase it up. <laughs> I love that. I used that's to love awesome. cotton candy ice cream when I was a kid. And I know everyone was like, why do you like that flavor? But I'd rather be that than everybody's vanilla. Um, which, uh, yeah, I mean, I encourage other people to do the same. And I feel like that's such a huge, I feel like it's more empowering in a way to, 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 you know, to just, to be okay with the fact that not everyone's going to like you, um, than just being trapped and hidden because you're, you're trying so hard to just please everybody. Oh, and how exhausting is that? Very. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just doesn't even really good sound like it. fun. <laughs> So yeah. I completely, I completely agree with you. Yeah. So. Um, I know we're, we're getting close here, but one of the things I really wanted to ask you about was just, you know, women and finding their purpose. Cause I know that's something that you, that you also talk about in, in, in your work. Um, and that you mentioned when we were, when we first started our discussion and talking about just, you know, self-love and authenticity, how, you know, how can women find their purpose? I think, you know, it's really about, it comes back to the idea of visioning again and giving yourself the opportunity to look beyond whatever you see could stand in your way, whether it's time, money, age, education, blah, 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 the list goes on. But allowing yourself the opportunity to let those barriers drop down for a moment and really dig into what makes them happy, what brings them joy. Um, I have I have clients journal 
on this a lot. I also do processes with them where I actually take them into like meditation and and help them to dig into their answers. But, you know, really getting quiet, taking some time to get quiet and 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 thinking about what is it that brings them joy and passion. And also in doing that, you know, going so deep that you're you're connecting with all of your senses. You know, what are you seeing? What are you feeling? What are you tasting? What are you smelling? What colors, you know, who's with you? You're really going into to detail about it can be very helpful. Um, and to not to not be critical of yourself. And the big thing is when you do this type of work and you, you start, you know, looking at vision and purpose is that you need to let go of how am I going to do this? But you need to stay in the realm of what. What is it? Not how, but stay with the what and, and go from there. Oh, that's so good because I think so many people just get stuck on the how. You know, they, they, they just immediately think, well, I don't have the financial resources or I don't have the resources at all to do that or it's far too daunting. And, you know, therefore, I, I, don't, I can't even go there. Right, right. And I strongly believe that when you can let go of the how, I don't think that that it's not your job to worry about that right now. You know, if you're really stepping into a place where you feel like you're being of service and that this is a gift that you have, you there will be a way that it can happen. But unless you are very clear about what it is you want, you're not going to create that. You know, our thoughts and our words create our reality, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, so you want to start creating from that place of, you know, true passion and joy and not settle for mediocre, you know? And then when you can get to to good, it's always an upward spiral. You know, for me, I look at it as expanding from good to great to awesome to amazing. You know, I, the things that I'm doing, I'm always looking at it as I'm spiraling upward. I'm never stepping back down. But the choices that I make and everything are always, and my vision is always on an upward spiral. And it's quite amazing how it works when you can stick with the process and you visit your, you know, if you write it out, you read it often, you change things, you know, you think you think about it and, you know, if it doesn't make sense going back and just doing a little bit more work on it's almost like daydreaming, if you will, like just sitting with the ideas and allowing yourself that space to daydream like we did when we were kids. Yeah, we really don't allow ourselves to do that enough, I don't think. No, not at all. Not yeah. at all. So, yeah. so yeah. Well, as we wrap things up here, there's so much more I would love to chat with you about, but I know that we have to be mindful of the time. The last question that I ask all of my guests is, what is the most fearless thing that you have done? You know, um, that is an interesting question. I, I'll be honest with you. I was expecting it because I've listened to your podcast, which I love. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um, so I, I, I did have a little bit of time to think about that. But when I sat down to, you know, get on the phone with you and to have this this time with you, I thought something else came up for me. You know, it's really easy for me to say, yes, and this was fearless that I, you know, quit a job that I had stability and to step into doing my own business and to really um, do what I was passionate about. So again, you know, like I said earlier, it was that starting out with personal training and here's my upward spiral and then realizing that something was missing and getting certified in the coaching and then adding the coaching in and starting the company with Kelly and just, you know, up, up, up it goes. Um, that was great. But I think that, that I would have to say the most fearless thing I've ever done is I've, I've learned how to own all of my shit. <laughs> oh, I love that answer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really it's, it's not, an easy, quick fix thing to do. But when you can step into that and do that, your life opens up amazingly. So oh, good. That's going to go in one of the top fearless answers. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're sweet. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, so where can people find more of you? Well, definitely our website, strongbodywholeheart.com. We also are um, on Facebook. Um, Instagram, 
um, is sbwheart underscore Maggie, or you can find us on Twitter at sbwheart. Also, we are on Periscope, which I know I have. I'm following you on Periscope Summer. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, at Strong Body Whole Heart. And so, you know, we have a lot of stuff on our website if you want to go and just check us out. We have a podcast as well, newsletter. We do what's called um, a daily blueprint, which is Monday through Friday, just a little bit of inspiration in your inbox just to get your day going. Um, you know, so we're we're out there. We would love to have you guys check us out and you can always email me at maggie at strongbodywholeheart.com. I'd be happy to answer any questions um, that you have. And I will link to all of those things in the show notes, which will be at summerinandin.com forward slash FRR-43. Or you can just Google Fearless Rebel Radio episode 43 to find all of uh, Maggie's contact info and all of these Links to everything that you and Kelly are, it's Kelly, right? Kelly yes. Part, Kelly yes. are doing. I thought so. Awesome. Um, and your podcast too, which I'll definitely check out. But, awesome. Uh, thank thank you. you so much for all of your amazing insights. I know this definitely helped and reached a lot of women today. Um, you know, you were probably really speaking to a lot of things that they're going through. So I really, really thank you for that. Well, it has been a complete honor to spend this time with you and to um, have the opportunity to spend this time with your audience. So I really appreciate it. I think you do amazing work. Thank you. Well, rock on Maggie. (laughs) You too. You too. If you like what you've heard, please head to iTunes to leave me a review. It will take two seconds and I would be super grateful. Click on reviews and ratings and then click to rate. Easy peasy. You can do it on your phone right now, just while you're driving even. Just kidding. And don't forget to head to summerinandin.com or thebodyimagecoach.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to rock in your bod plus the 10 day body confidence makeover plus your exclusive invite to my free online community all for free, 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 free. Cool. All right. Until next time, rock on. (laughs) 